As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Taylor Rockwell, and we have got quite an episode of The Big Thing to get to this week. Each Friday, we spend some time on the major story of the week that we haven't been able to discuss in detail. This week, it is a doozy. On Monday, the Premier League announced that after a four-year investigation, it had brought more than 100 charges, 105 uh, to be specific, against Manchester City for a variety of alleged misdeeds dating back to the 2010-2011 season. The majority deal with the manipulation of financial reports in order to skirt financial fair play rules, but a whole bunch of other stuff. Joining me to discuss this story in greater detail are Joe Lowry. Hi, Joe. Hello, Taylor. I'm getting the fire truck of lawyers ready uh, yeah, right, right now. So if I'm gone for a minute, I'm going to talk to them. Uh, uh, so Joe's getting the American fire truck of lawyers. Graham Ruthven. Hi, Graham. Are you getting the European lawyers ready to go? Yeah, why not? Let's get the guys who brought down the European Super League or maybe the guys that are working for the European Super League. I saw that's back today as well. So yeah. maybe they can moonlight. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if all these things are related. Manchester City get hit with things, and suddenly the European Super League is back. Uh, why not? Because this does seem to be all sort of rolled together as clubs wanting to be able to spend what they want to spend, wanting to be able to report what they want to report, and want to be left alone. Seems to be the case. It's just that they have these pesky regulators in place. As Joe said, there's going to be a lot of alleged and allegations and that sort of language because we don't necessarily want the lawsuits to roll down. Uh, Man City uh, proving themselves quite litigious uh, through this process, it seems. Uh, To get to the sort of meat of the matter, um, I listened to Matt Slater of The Athletic break this down in a couple different places, uh, and he sort of split those 105 charges into groups. I'll lay them out here. You guys can add in uh, any additional info you might have about each grouping. The first one relates to allegations that the club did not provide accurate financial reporting as far back as 2010. That means reports submitted to the Premier League weren't, quote, fair and true. The inflating of sponsorships, the manipulation of certain deals is part of this, as are their work to disguise uh, certain other costs. So that that seems to be 
the main chunk. And then the second grouping or one of the groups is basically that they're alleged to have misrepresented the the, the numbers. Uh, and then it's the actual like incorrect numbers themselves would be the other group of charges. So there's like the crime and then there's the cover up and the two things are related. Uh, gentlemen, any thoughts on any of that so far? Just just to say, if a lot of this sounds familiar to listeners, it, yeah. it's because it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you mentioned those two and inflating sponsorship and, and really cooking the book, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly mm-hmm. doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like we've been through this before, right? Yeah. All of this came up in, in 2020, spawning from the same place, which maybe we'll get to some of the, the origins of these allegations later on. But I mean, the, we, we've been through this cycle before with UEFA, which ended well for Manchester City, all things considered. Now we're we're kind of doing it again. Now there's there's different severity levels to all of this, and it, it does seem like the Premier League maybe has a little bit more firepower with their ability to really go after City here than UEFA did for a, a variety of different reasons. But I just wanted to add, like a, a lot of this alleged cooking of the books, we've we've kind of been through this mm-hmm. and lived this before. So if it sounds familiar to folks, it's because it is. Yeah, and, and I do think, uh, Joe, you're you're. You're talking about the UEFA investigation and charges and then the overturning of those charges and all that good stuff. I do think a lot of the Premier League's investigation starts with those UEFA charges and sort of the revelation of how much has been misrepresented. And then I think the Premier League started looking into it and found a lot of other things. So we'll definitely talk about those UEFA investigations and what happened there. Uh, But back to the groupings for a moment. So we've got sort of two, the crime and the cover up. Uh, The other things would be uh, charges pertaining to payments to former uh, manager Roberto Mancini, specifically how they're alleged to have paid him via a third club so as to disguise the total amount owed uh, because when they, I I think, sacked him, they had to pay him off. That was a lot of money. That was a big financial hit. And that was right when FFP rules were coming into place. Uh, And so I think one of the ways they got around that, allegedly, was to have another club pay him the difference, another club owned by or having a connection to the Man City ownership group. Uh, So there's the Roberto Mancini aspect of things then there's one that is sort of confusing in that it doesn't seem that big but it also seems kind of big it's basically that when uh, clubs agree to participate in the premier league they have the premier league handbook they're obligated to follow premier league rules and in the rules are that you have to abide by the rules of any other competitions you might be participating in so uefa for the champions league fifa for the club world cup and uh, here the charges would be that basically manchester city are alleged to have broken uefa rules specifically in regards to licensing and advertising uh i don't know how much that can be enforced i'm sure that's one of the ones that man city will seek to dismiss because it's a, an overreach by the premier league I'm, I'm guessing is what they'll say but i think you can't sort of have this investigation without that uefa investigation so here we are and then lastly basically just that manchester city have not cooperated from the jump man city have denied this uh they denied this in their press uh release on monday they stated they'd complied with premier league investigation investigators that they had turned over all the documents required and that any other documents that were requested that hadn't been turned over hadn't been turned over because they didn't exist because this is all made up and not real and uh, there are uh, allegations by Man City that there's a reason why the Premier League is doing this again we'll get into that Um, editorializing for a moment this does seem like a thing where both sides are technically correct in that uh, I think Manchester City are like up to the legal limit have turned over the documents as required. But along the way, uh, there was a good piece in The Athletic that went through how they have 
appealed every decision, challenged the validity of, of the investigation, challenged the validity of the investigators themselves, appealed the decisions, appealed those decisions again, refiled. And that is why this investigation, or at least part of why this investigation has taken four years yeah. to reach this point. So there are there's a whole lot going on, but those are the kind of broad strokes outline of what has been alleged. Uh, Graham, Joe, any thoughts on any of that before we get into things a little bit deeper? With with regards to the so what what do we think or what do we know in terms of the the Premier League rulebook? What does it say is the is the most serious allegation if if proven here? Um, because as far as I can see from the reporting, the most serious charges related to the rules regarding accurate financial information yeah. because that is essentially an allegation that Joe you used the term you know allegedly cooking the books that that is the allegation that is being made and so. Everything leads from that. Obviously, a club, um, a club's financial fair play parameters, if that's the right term, are, are judged upon revenue. I think a good number of people already had suspicions around this, given how unusual it has been to see Manchester City registering more revenue than any other club in in the world these last few years. More than Real Madrid, more than Barcelona, more than Manchester United, who have all these you know, uh, tens of millions of, of legacy fans, if you want to use that term that the European Super League coined and their global fan bases and just how long it takes to build up a sporting brand in that respect. And Manchester City, who have been bought over by the Abu, uh, Abu Dhabi Sovereign Wealth Fund, you know, 2008, 2009, around that time, for them to be at the top of the Deloitte money list in terms of revenue, I think was a red flag for a, a, a number of, of people. So these allegations are are not particularly surprising, but to see the Premier League essentially allege this, the same thing as a lot of people on soccer Twitter have alleged mm-hmm. for the last few years yeah. is, a, is a massive step and a massive intervention by the Premier League that could, if proven, reshape the league for years to come in, in a number of different ways. And Graham, that, that last bit there, if proven, I think is is the mm-hmm. key. Of course, it's the key to all of this. I like there's stuff we don't know, right? I'm not a lawyer. I'm not steeped in this world. I just have such a hard time believing that all of these clubs, not just Manchester City, I'm not trying to take a a shot at them, but I have a hard time believing that all of these clubs are operating within the lines all of the time. I mean, we see this at a much smaller level in Major League Soccer, where there are known and unknown existences of cheating and skirting around the rules that have been put in place by the league. Different rules, yes, but, but similar format. If you think about a soccer entity providing rules for its clubs, it is a similar thesis here, a similar line of thinking with Major League Soccer imposing a sanction on the LA Galaxy for being found to have you know four DPs in a season or four you know, players that should have been a DP with Miami earlier on with five, as it is with, with Manchester City trying to skirt around these financial rules in the Premier League. I, I just have such a hard time believing, and maybe I'm completely wrong about this, but I have a hard time believing that that City haven't at least stretched things to the very limit, if not gone past that. And I also have a hard time believing that that they're the only ones doing that stuff. So I'm curious to see what will be found because City did essentially get by, not scot free because they actually they were fined by UEFA if I remember correctly back in 2020. Yeah. But they they got out of the major punishment and the major revenue hit, which would have been being barred from European competitions for a set period of time. They got off basically scot-free from all of those things. I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen now because this feels like it could set some sort of precedent for what could be coming, not just with City, not just with City Football Group, but maybe with other clubs that are very, very interested in this whole Super League thing. 
Yeah, and and just to lay out quickly what what will happen now because this is a charge a charge sheet from the Premier League, and so they haven't actually handed down a, a punishment to Manchester City yet. That has been uh, the responsibility of deciding the the punishing punishment of determining the the sanction. Will has been handed to an independent commission, um, and in terms of the the makeup of the independent commission, the the three members of that commission will be appointed by the independent chair of the Premier League judicial panel, who is a man called Murray Rosen, who I read as a an Arsenal fan, so uh, that's good for the conspiracy theories. <laughs> uh, the the three members of the commission they can be drawn from the fifteen members. I know this is very dry. I'll get through this very quickly, but I think it's important to lay out. I, kind actually, of I, these- I would say if you could, Graham, take your time with it because I do think. I think this is all interesting information that kind of explains what's going on in a little more detail and also I think helps understand why things might be different because we'll get into court of arbitration for sport and sure. and how city maybe got out of some things previously and I think some of the differences in the investigators themselves are uh, pretty important. Sure, yeah, it is quite important to go through these things because I know a lot of fans will be asking who are actually going to make the decisions on on punishments now, so it won't actually be the Premier League themselves, as I say, that decide that. It will be this independent commission. It will be a three-member commission. Um, Each member will be uh, appointed by the the head of the judicial panel for the league, this guy called Murray Rosen, the Arsenal fan. And those three members can be drawn from the 15 members of the Premier League judicial panel, or they can actually be non-members. But they will almost certainly be barristers or people with a legal background. And basically the idea is to to have an independent judgment on Manchester City's alleged offences. And once a judgment is, is, is made... City or the Premier League regarding, you know, uh, no matter which way it goes, regardless of which way the decision goes, they'll be able to appeal, although it can't be taken to the court for arbitration for sport, which is where Manchester City went last time with the, the UEFA judgment. That's where they went with their appeal and their punishment. People will remember they were banned from the Champions League for two seasons. That ban was overturned. Their fine, which was initially, I believe, 30 million euros, was brought down to 10 million euros, which is a quarter of Calvin Phillips. So not really a punishment <laughs> at all for Manchester City. Just so his leg. The, the, yeah, just his, just his leg. The, the, not, the, not the overweight, but maybe Pep Guardiola would be quite pleased to get rid of that part after the World Cup. Anyway, yeah, so uh, there can be an appeal. It can't go to, it can't go to Cass. And for that appeal, uh, Mr. Murray Rosen, the Arsenal fan again, he would appoint new members to the commission and then the process would begin all over again and they would see if they, the, 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 the new commission would come back with the same or a different judgment or sanction. And not that it matters all that much, but is he just an Arsenal supporter or is he like also on the Arsenal board? Like I feel like he has so, an actual connection to Arsenal. Yeah. Again, not that it matters, but just trying to get the details out there. The way I saw it reported is he's an Arsenal member. Now, yeah. I didn't really know specifically what that meant because that that's I don't think that's a board member but that says to me Arsenal have some form of executive membership program and he's a part of that or or something but I don't I don't the way I read it he doesn't have any kind of great influence at Arsenal over the running of that club but he is he's certainly a part of that club in some way so third choice striker, if something happens to Enketia, in, in comes the lawyer. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, let's take a quick break and let's get, then let's get back to continuing to discuss this in more detail. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Welcome back. Uh, I want to go back to a point that Joe was making earlier. And Joe, I don't want to misstate, but it sounded like you were sort of of two minds. One being that everybody probably skirts financial rules a little bit, cheats things, maybe exploits loopholes, but at the same time that this might be a momentous thing for Manchester City. Which of those are you giving more weight to, if that makes sense? Yeah, so I, I certainly the first of the two. I, I think this is, this is huge for Man City to find out whether or not they're going to be punished, right? It seems to me that there is a lot that we know about things that City have done that they probably should not have done. So the the one that you you mentioned earlier, <laughs> Taylor, I'm trying to be careful Very because danger. I don't know, right? I don't have the information. I don't ultimately know what people that are, are better qualified to to rule on this than I am are going to say. But I think about the Mancini thing, right? Basically being paid by another club that's owned by City City Football Groups or, or that's, that's owned by Man City's owner, right? That's owned by Abu Dhabi being paid by another club for four days' worth of work, theoretically, a, a consultancy fee of over a, a million pounds, right? Almost two million pounds. Right? These, are, these are things that are untraditional forms of financial accounting. And I am confident that City is not the only club doing this stuff. And that, that is why I think this is so fascinating. I think it's a really interesting angle to all of this. We kind of got a taste with it with Juventus, Graham. And, and right, you, I think it was you, me, and Ryan who did the big thing, la- <clears throat> excuse me, the big thing last week, on Napoli, and we talked about, you know, maybe there's some repercussions from Juve and, and just this general investigation that's sort of occurring for clubs in, in Syria and clubs in Italy right now. City, I can see very easily being the tip of the iceberg, and, and maybe there's no more exploration of the iceberg if, if things go well for City in this legal process, or maybe, like, we really do start hearing more and more about a lot of the stuff that happens. Th- these processes take time. This has taken, you know, more than four years now, really, to come to the head that, that we're seeing right now. But I-, I am beyond curious to see what happens, not only in this particular investigation and how or if City are punished, but really then to see, you know, does this have any larger ramifications for super clubs, really, across Europe? I think it's certainly fair to suspect that there is a, a lot of this stuff going on across the board, particularly with regards to a lot of the, the state-owned clubs. And the main reason I say that is because a lot of those clubs, or all of those clubs really, aren't... They, so, for instance, Manchester United are a publicly traded company. So Manchester United, on the New York Stock Exchange, have to file any sort of sponsorship deals or even I think they even have to notify the New York Stock Stock Exchange when they change manager or when they sack a manager and so it's a lot more difficult for a a publicly traded club like Manchester United and there are numerous publicly traded clubs across the world in the Premier League and and European football I think it's more difficult for them to do things like inflate sponsorship deals and and, and so on but for the state-owned clubs who are not publicly traded Manchester City certainly aren't aren't publicly traded PSG I don't believe are, are publicly traded either and so when you have those large conglomerates that are owned by the sovereign wealth funds that also own clubs, it is very easy for them to hide that inflation. And and even even yeah. with families that own clubs like the Adnellis and Juventus, 
and the allegations of the the Jeep sponsorship deal that Juventus has have, have um, with the, with the car manufacturer owned by the Agnelli fam- family for decades. So that sort of stuff is, sort of stuff is 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 very difficult to uh, uncover, and so I guess that's what the Premier League. The, the Premier League investigation ha- has done. Interestingly, the Premier League investigation, one of the things that UEFA couldn't do was they couldn't draw in uh, evidence from outside sources. Their own rules restricted that. And the Premier League don't have that in, in, in their in their statutes in, in the same way. So you referenced, I think it was Joe, you referenced at the top of the show, the some of the sources of, of the information being being the Der Spiegel investigation, yeah. the Portuguese hacker who worked with Der Spiegel on, on that story, the Football League, uh, investigation or story as, as as well, and so I think the Premier League has used a lot of that information, which I assume they they have uh, authenticated in, in in some way, so that they can use it, and that is maybe how they they have been able to uncover a lot of this stuff and make these allegations, whereas UEFA weren't able to do that against Manchester City. Yeah, and I think right there with the football leaks reporting it is if that stuff becomes. Uh, permissible. I think I'm assuming Man City will challenge that because it's stolen or leaked information. But uh, Graham, to your point, I don't know how valid those challenges can be because I think the Premier League wants to keep this out of courts. I think the last time two clubs went to court was Sheffield United and West Ham, and that was pretty ugly and spilled over and made the league look bad. So I think that they are trying to keep this sort of away from the courts, to keep it in their own jurisdiction. I think Man City will will fight tooth and nail regardless. Uh, but I think some of that information in the Football League's reporting is where I know that I have bias here already, and I should acknowledge that, like, not just because of my Manchester United fandom, but because I don't love state states owning, especially oil states owning clubs. Uh, and and it's for reasons like this, that you, you read some of the stories from Der Spiegel, and it's just really clear that th- there are probably those little loopholes that everybody exploits and and like little ways of getting around little things. But Man City, I mean, I think it was Simon Pierce, one of their executives at the time, saying like literally the rules don't apply to us. And there's backdating of sponsorship agreements. There's, oh, we have a $9 million deficit. Well, the sponsors are just going to have to pay more. And then they did because they're all coming from one place. There's like uh, there is the selling of players' image rights to a third-party entity that then has to pay the players to use their rights, and then you kind of trace that back, and it's all connected back to Abu Dhabi through a bunch of shell companies. And so you start to see how there's just this huge... I mean, I think it was called Project Longbow is the name of the... uh, the project that Man City undertook, Longbow being the way that the English uh, beat the French. So I'm, I'm just saying, sorry, being... t- to interject there, Taylor, there's no way that something nefarious isn't happening around something called Project Longbow. Like if you have something called I, yeah. Project Something, that thing is not a good thing. That's just yeah. how Project Something works. I'm sorry. Project 2010 did not work for the U.S. winning the World Cup by the year 2010. <laughs> and Project Longbow, I mean, when you see it as their sort of way to skirt UEFA financial fair play rules at the time, Michel Platini, a Frenchman, is in charge of UEFA. As I was saying, the Longbow <laughs> was like the way that they beat the French army in Agincourt. And, and I think that was specifically mentioned in a city document as like, we beat the French once, we can beat them again. Like, it's all an orchestrated attempt. Uh, at least the Football League's uh, stuff, if authenticated, would show that I think there is... There are loopholes, and then there are like ripping yeah. open the rules to create your own loopholes. And I think Man City are alleged to have done the second and the first. And and the thing with Man City, maybe we'll come on to this a little bit later on, but it almost feels like they relish this a yep. little bit. We we obviously have the famous quote from the city chairman Khaldun Al Mubarak 
after the the UEFA uh, case was kind of quashed by Cass, where where he says he would rather spend thirty million on the fifty best lawyers in the world to sue them, meaning UEFA, for the next ten years than than accept the the punishment that they were handed by UEFA. Which, when you read their statement that they released in in response to this charge sheet from the the Premier League as well. When you read that again, it kind of reads. It reads like they're they're relishing it. Yep. You know that I I sometimes get that when I know I'm I'm kind of in the right. And I'm, I I know uh, Man City might not be in the right here, but if ever I'm in like a customer service argument with a company and I know I've got a strong argument, I kind of like rub my hands ahead of the phone call because I'm Karen actually going to kind of enjoy it a little bit. That is say against FFP regulations or, or against Premier League financial fair play regulations. And that statement, as I said, that was released yesterday or the day before, just kind of reading between the lines, it feels yeah. like they're almost enjoying this a little bit. Did we read that yet? Did we read through some of the, the bits and pieces? Maybe I missed it of that statement. Has, has that happened yet on this show? No, we, no, we didn't. Do you want me to read it out, Joe? I so, mean, you're more than welcome to, Graham. It's going to sound better in your short, Scottish actually. than mine. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Manchester City is surprised by the issuing, issuing of these alleged breaches <laughs> of the Premier League rules, particularly given the extensive, extensive engagement and vast amount of detailed materials that the EPL has been provided with. The club welcomes the review of this matter by an independent commission to impartially consider the comprehensive body of irrefutable evidence that exists in support of its position. As soon as we, as, as, as such, we look forward to this matter being put to rest once and for all. <laughs> just it doesn't exactly read like they're accept- Yeah, they're not just accepting the, the charges, really. Oh, my goodness. No, I mean, that, that's what I mean when I say that, like, I, I see the things can be two things. I see the both sides here because I think for the Premier League, they're saying they have not been forthcoming. They have obstructed this investigation every step of the way. And I think for Man City... If you press them, the answer would be like, no, we have upheld the legal requirement, the things that we have been legally forced to turn over after appeal and appeal and appeal and appeal. Yeah, we turned that over and then you wanted more documents and we appealed that and contested that and then we turned it over. I think they have like done what is legally required, but I think along the way have fought tooth and nail to not have to do above and beyond that, according to them. And that's where, uh, Graham, to your point, I do not have much... uh, like jealousy for the lawyers and on either of these sides because it does just seem like every piece of paper, every report, every number is going to be contested and argued about and debated and, and attempted to quash or attempted to be utilized. It just seems like it's going to drag out for a really long time. That's where I saw initially people wondering, you know, I wonder if they're going to be a Juve-style points deduction this season. I wonder if they're going to be stripped of stuff. I don't think this gets resolved for a very long time. I think yeah. it's going to be fought and contested and money's going to be poured into it. And and because they can't appeal like they could before to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, I think it's going to be an attempt on Man City's part to just slow things down and I think also throw dirt. And that is a thing that they've done. Uh, in that city response, they pointed out that uh, they're basically, I think the city countercharge would be that the Premier League is desperate to show that they can regulate themselves, that there is about to be a report, like basically getting into the, the management of the Premier League and can they govern themselves. And there, there is an argument, I think, from City's perspective that this is them attempting to show that they can because that report was going to be damning and say that they, they weren't as capable. I think that white paper has now been suspended. The release of it has been suspended because of this news. So again, that feeds into the idea if you're a Man City supporter or if you're a Man City owner that this is all a witch hunt that they're being scapegoated that they're that everybody does this but they're the ones uh having fingers pointed at them because of an illegal hacking of documents again that would be their perspective 
I don't really buy into that because so much of the stuff in football leaks was very, very clear from top to bottom. Like, there's just emails of them being like, how should we skirt financial fair play? What if we did this? I think that would be great. Like, it's not that hidden, I I, I don't think. Um, Why don't we take one more break, uh, and then we will get back to kind of talk about Court of Arbitration for Sport, what happened there, uh, any other kind of details about this one, any other thoughts we might have back shortly. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Today's episode is brought to you by our old friends, Mac Weldon. Wouldn't it be nice if we could have things both ways, like a zero-calorie cheeseburger, internet ads in March that weren't just reminders to do your taxes, a dog that never needs walking after midnight when it's cold, a Manchester United that is consistently good instead of their current scattershot approach? Well, we tend to think of clothing as an either-or situation as well. People think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But it's possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I got a few things recently, including a long-sleeve polo, which I love, uh, maybe the most comfortable t-shirt, which I also love, and my new favorite sweatpants, the Ace sweatpant. It's exactly what I described above, comfort and versatile, but still stylish. It's the type of sweatpant I can wear to pick up my kids from daycare and not think, I'm now wearing sweatpants in public. The other parents will judge me. Now I just think, judge away, nerds, because you will never be this comfortable unless you're also wearing a pair, in which case, high five. Mack Weldon is not flashy. It's just classic, always in style, and made from the world's most comfortable performance materials. They're designed to fit both your style and the demands of modern life. So get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code TSS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code TSS to get 20% off your first order. Thank you to Mack Weldon for sponsoring today's episode. Welcome back to the Total Soccer Show, the big thing episode of the week. We're talking about Manchester City. Uh, and I, when last we spoke, I was teeing up the Court of Arbitration for Sport ruling. I wanted to get into that for a moment because it does seem like like in the comment sections of a bunch of different articles, always a great place to go, never at all coming away from there feeling dirty. Uh, but it, it seems to be that there are people saying, yep, they're definitely guilty, uh, throw the book at them. There are people saying, we'll have to wait and see. And there are people saying, but the Court of Arbitration for Sport cleared them. They were completely Mm. exonerated. And I understand where that's coming from. But I think it's worth noting two key things. The first would be that uh, UEFA has a pretty significant statute of limitations. It's a five-year statute of limitations for offenses. So a, a ton of stuff that related to activities outside of that window was thrown out. And then a lot of the... uh allegations the information was dependent upon that research that was thrown out so then you can't use that so i think that's where a lot of things were sort of weakened right away secondly this is maybe more conspiracy brained but i think it's worth noting city were able to pick essentially two of the three judges uh that ruled for the court of arbitration for sport on that panel they can pick one by default that's how it works one side picks one one side picks the other and then there's meant to be a neutral third uh but in this case uh the choice for chair was recommended by manchester city that pick was approved. Uh, so there is this idea that no, basically... Yaya Turi. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, after he'd been given a birthday cake, it was Yaya Toure uh, <laughs> with, with money stuffed inside. Uh, so I think there's an idea there that a lot of things were time barred and sort of thrown out. <clears throat> and then the panel itself was maybe slightly biased in Manchester City's favor, whereas this independent commission, by all accounts, will be independent. Uh, it will be one independent person selecting all three members. Uh, so again, I think that will be contested and who's selected and are they fair and are they by like there's already the oh he's an arsenal member so he shouldn't be included i think there's there's going to be everything is going to be challenged i think city's lawyers will probably take the uh, the oj route yeah. of arguing every single detail every single point conceding nothing try on this uh, glove and yeah yes exactly and they will make uh the premier league wear different gloves to make sure they all fit <laughs> Yeah, I, I, they are certainly going to try everything. Manchester City. I, I, I was I was reading they've already started hiring lawyers, including a lead lawyer who will be paid as much as Kevin De Bruyne a week, four hundred thousand pounds a week, and it's the Ooh. lawyer who led Boris Johnson's defence against the Partygate scandal in 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 the UK last year. Um, so quite a, a kind of well-known public figure in, in, in the UK. The, Man City took 12 lawyers to cast to, 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 their, to their case, and I imagine there will, they will probably need more legal representation yep. for this because, look, I'm not a legal mind, but on the basis of all the reporting that I've read, and Kieran Maguire is really good on, on all this stuff, I'd recommend him as a good follow on, on, on Twitter. He's on top of lots of football, fi- football finance stuff. And I found him to be a very valuable resource on, on, on this story. But he's outlined kind of the difference between the cast case and the Premier League case and how this is going to be more difficult for Manchester, Manchester City to defend themselves against. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they succeed. But that time bar that you mentioned, Taylor, is, is a crucial thing because I believe a large number, as you referenced there, a large number of the cast, or sorry, the, the UEFA allegations were thrown out because UEFA statute of limitations doesn't it does have a time bar it doesn't allow anything beyond five years the Premier League doesn't have that so they will be taking into account things dating back to 2009 and that that is why the the charge sheet is is so long and there's so many seasons listed in that in that charge sheet charge sheet and we mentioned the evidence and where you're allowed to collate the evidence from UEFA has something restricting that in their statute of limitations the Premier League doesn't one possible defense could be that the breaches are a result of administrative errors. If you can prove that, then City may get off lightly. They'll likely get a fine of some sort. It'll probably be quite a hefty fine, but it'll maybe a full Calvin Phillips this time, and I don't think it'll it will uh, cost them all that much. That is maybe the route that they could go down. But again, not a legal mind myself, but proving that something is an administrative error over how many seasons are we talking here? Like... 11 seasons yeah. or something like that is it, th- that seems like that might be relatively difficult to do there's there's an episode in like the later seasons of veep when i think they are trying when it's like a contested election i will try not to spoil anything and it's a contested election and they are trying they take it to court to continue the count uh, like one side wants to continue the count, but then they quickly realize that if they continue the count, they will like lose the popular vote because it swings the other way. And so the next day they're in court trying to stop the count from happening. And it feels, and I think there's a lot of like, wait, weren't you yesterday? And like their protesters are all confused about which side they're supposed to advocate for. I see some of that coming from Man City because some of their defense being like, we've turned over everything and also there's nothing to turn over is a weird head scratcher of, I don't know if those two things can exist simultaneously. I think there will be a lot of stuff 
sort of thrown out and argued and then, ah, no, we didn't actually mean that one. We meant this one. And, and I do think it's just going to be a series of, 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 of challenges in different ways to try to contest things as much as they can. So, yeah, I think if suddenly it is found to be a, a broader conspiracy, if some of the things are upheld, that's where I think there will be a lot of, no, it was an administrative error. We've sacked these people. Uh, you know, it was motivated employees trying to trim the budget as much as they could. We had no idea. I, I think that would be, yeah, the next step in how this all plays out, which I think gets to the idea, ultimately for me, I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm not sure anything will. Uh, mm. Because though it is the Premier League, it is an independent investigation. It doesn't go to a court of arbitration for sport. There's nothing time barred. It just seems like they're such a gigantic organization. They are an institution. I think for the Premier League, they're not going to want to do points deductions and strip them of titles. I don't think it will be a Calciopoli thing because, again, I think that makes the league look bad at a time when the British government was about to release this statement as to whether or not there should be independent regulators in football. I, I think the Premier League is is trying to walk this really difficult path of yeah. not having this turn too too public in a in an embarrassing way but have it be public in the way that they look strong man city will have the opposite approach but also be happy for this to get bogged down and and become a slog and make the premier league look weak and i just i don't know how this has the impact or the ending that i think a lot of people would like to see short of them being man city supporters and it being a slap on the wrist maybe a sizable slap on the wrist but still a slap on the wrist uh, joe you have thoughts on that one yeah, I, I just wanted to know, Taylor, can I run through the potential punishments? I think we've sure. kind of referenced a few of them, but I, I want to go through Please. what the Premier League handbook actually says about what could theoretically happen to Manchester City. So all of this comes from Rule W.51 in the Premier League handbook, which is, let me tell you guys, it is good reading. I mean, this is like cracking it open before bed, scrolling through the PDF, puts you right to sleep. The, the, the w book. Uh, I'm sure you can find it on Audible somewhere, right? Read by Alan Shido. Make make that happen. Uh, The the W section is all about discipline and punishments for doing stuff you're not supposed to do. So that's that's where City find themselves potentially in the Premier League handbook. Different possible punishments. The first could be a fine, which I'm sure City would not have that much of a problem with. The second could be points deductions that we've referenced, which which could be applied retroactively. Um, There's seemingly not a lot of push from what I've read or, or not a lot of excitement from other clubs as we're thinking about how this could have broader ramifications. There's not a lot of excitement about those things being applied retroactively because that stuff's in the past. And I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe there is some appeal to Liverpool to get a title awarded to them retroactively. Maybe there is, maybe it's there's what Ole not. Gunnar Solskjaer wants. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe title winner. Maybe this is key for, for Ole. <laughs> That's a possibility here. The other thing is, and, and this is the most dramatic one that I would be just shocked if it happened, frankly, is that they could be kicked out, essentially, of the Premier League. They could have to go down the, uh, the, the English Football League pyramid and get out of the top flight. Now, I'm, I'm guessing there might be another league that rhymes with Duper League that might be interested mm-hmm. in, in trying to, to form something here. But that is another possibility for Manchester City here. I, Taylor, I kind of agree with you. I don't remember if it was you or Graham who said earlier on in this show, like, this stuff is going to take a while. I, mm-hmm. It's not going to be City relegated this season. It's not going to be, it seems like anyway, City losing points this year and Arsenal walking away with the title. I think this is going to be something that continues to drag on, but those are some things that maybe folks have already heard about. It's been viral all over Twitter about, you know, City being relegated and all that stuff, but those mm-hmm. are theoretically possible yeah. options for Man City here whenever a ruling is delivered. 
that that's just not going to happen. The, the, either City being relegated or them being kicked out of the league. I mean, the Premier League expelling the club that has won the title in four of the last mm. five years is it's it's just not going to happen, regardless of whether it, it should happen. I did also see in Sky Sports reporting that one of the punishments um, could essentially be a, a transfer embargo, so they could refuse to register new players um, for for Manchester City, or maybe even more. An even harsher punishment than that, they could cancel the the registration of of, of players. So maybe if players have been signed fraudulently, um, you know, transfer fees inflated or similar to what's happened in Italy, then I guess they could they could free those those players from those contracts. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. To me, I mean, look, not a legal mind. This is a hunch. This has got a long way to run. I guess I can't really make a full judgment until I see how Manchester City fully respond to this, but. I just think the number of charges here mm-hmm. and also the way the Premier League rules are set out in, in contrast to how UEFA's rules are set out means they, they are likely to get something and it will probably be quite serious. And a transfer embargo kind of feels like because there's a precedent for it, I know it wasn't the Premier League that handed Chelsea the transfer embargo. I think it was UEFA. And I think Atletico Madrid have had a transfer embargo as well. So as I say, there is a precedent for big clubs being punished in that way. So a fine, a pretty hefty fine and a transfer embargo. If I had to put my neck on the line and predict how this ends and how this pans out, that's probably where I would go to. Yeah, I think a fine for sure is my guess. I think from what I have read again, and Graham, you said it there, that I think some of the UEFA investigation was, look, we can't get all the documentation from them. They're fighting everything. They're not turning things over. So we're sort of going to war with the information we have. And it sounds like with the Premier League, they have been able to pull more information out, to get more reporting, but also they are able to use some of that stuff that was time-barred, some of that stuff that was thrown out because of it being football leagues. And I think... As a result, they do have a slightly better picture. And for me, what that picture shows is that City did this for at least eight years from 2010 to 2018. But then there's also the three years of obstruction with this investigation. And and that's where the maybe it's naive, but the like optimist in me wants to wants to see this as the Premier League. It's not just a one-off season where, oh, maybe it was administrative error. Yeah, we tried to exploit this loophole. We thought that was okay. We didn't know. It feels like it has been very much a, the rules don't apply to us. And if you are the people who set those rules, maybe you're trying to establish a precedent of not being pushed around. If we are the actual people who control things, you have to do what we say. And I think little things, maybe I'm connecting dots that shouldn't be connected. But like when Newcastle are purchased by the the Saudi wealth fund, uh, they're is language proposed about how they have to be very careful with their sponsorships, with new sponsorships, that they have to be approved, they have to be fully vetted. And at the time, I remember thinking this is sort of like you guys have kind of already – what's that thing? It's like you've closed closed the barn door after the horse is already out. Like it felt like the trying to regulate after the fact. But now seen through the lens of this ongoing investigation where they kept finding all these different ways that Man City had exploited loopholes – it almost feels to me like they were trying to shut things down for other clubs before they started while investigating Manchester City. And now there will be the sort of reaction, the punishment that covers that difference. Again, that might be the naive way of seeing it, because ultimately I suspect it'll be a slap on the wrist, maybe a transfer embargo for a season, maybe a small points deduction. And even there, I feel like that's already sort of too far, mostly just because it feels like Man City will contest everything along the way and fight tooth and nail to not have any punishment. It's what they did with UEFA and Cass, and we'll see if they do it with the Premier League. 
Yeah, point, points deduction. I don't know whether this is a, a cultural thing or not, because in Italy, it feels like it's one of the first punishments yeah. they, they go to. It's like, oh, you were late filing your taxes. 15 points point, point deduction this season. Whereas in, in the UK, um, we had this debate in, in, in Scotland with the, Ra- the Rangers fans were going to get punished by UEFA and there's a possibility they could have some points deducted in, in the league. And Rangers fans were basically telling the club, we'd rather have the stadium like closed for half a season than have a point. Like football fans in the UK, it's like the biggest punishment to have points taken off a, a, like a league table beyond anything else so i i just i personally don't see that happening um but i do think the timing is quite interesting taylor you mentioned kind of the newcastle purchase this week this could be completely coincidental i suspect it probably is but you have strong qatari interest in manchester united this week which i know you are loving mr rockwell uh, at, at this moment um but yeah it feels like the premier league kind of setting out their stall they maybe weren't prepared for states to buy clubs back when they they bought Manchester City and all the things that that would come with that. They've kind of been a little bit uh, stronger with Newcastle United and now they're seeing Qatar coming into the league as well potentially. They they really are trying to take things back under their control because it feels like it's kind of got out of their control a little bit. So as we've said a couple times, this will be an evolving story. It will probably take a very long time to have any resolution. We will... Uh, update along the way as is appropriate. Uh, I don't know if we'll do another big thing about it for for some time, but if, if things change tomorrow, we'll be back next week. We will have to get kicked out, it. and they're playing Wrexham next season <laughs> in League Two. Oh yeah, that that is one other thing. Speaking of people leaving, uh, there was also much made of the impact it would have this season. I think we've all kind of agreed. It's unlikely to have a big – there's not going to be a points deduction or something this campaign. Uh, There was a lot of speculation about what happens with Pep Guardiola because he had talked previously about how if he felt like uh, if they – what they are accused of, I ask them, tell me about that. They explain and I believe them. I said to them, if you lie to me the day after, I will not be my friend. Yeah, yes, exactly. (laughs) I will be out and I will not be your friend anymore. That feels like a very made-up – answer to an on-the-spot question i told him i wouldn't be friends with them you know that's that's that was a pinky swear no backsies sort of situation for me uh i i thought in typical pep fashion he would say these guys are perfect they've never done anything wrong in their life they've even paid all their parking tickets fines uh, on on time this is a perfect club graham that was a great interjection by you because to finish the quote i put my faith in you because i believe you 100 percent from day one and i defend (laughs) the club because of that so there you go he's 100 percent in uh it was it was pointed out by others uh much smarter than myself that if this is to take a very long time we could be in a situation where by the time it is resolved, Pep Guardiola could have already left uh, yeah. or been renewed and then left. Who knows what will happen? So, I, again, I don't think it's going to have a massive impact on them this season. And he becomes a double agent. Ooh, double Pep. Uh. <laughs> I, I saw in, I saw in the reporting, actually. I, I can't remember if it was the mail or, or I, I can't remember where I saw it, but Manchester City suspect a former player has informed the Premier League of a lot of these things. Agent James Milner. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'd watch that show. It, it would be dull. Uh, <laughs> it would be him like pouring over. It would be like how they caught uh, Al Capone because he didn't file his taxes, like the IRS agents catching Al Capone. That's what I think of as Agent James Milner. It's just him quietly sitting there writing numbers into a spreadsheet and then eventually 
the downfall of a club. That's interesting, though. I want there to, that should be uh, its own TV show. That should be another season of Jack Ryan. I think should be Jack Ryan. Man City edition. Uh, for now, guys, any other things to add to this one? I feel like we've we've talked it out. We've talked about all the details. Yeah. Uh, hopefully avoided the fire truck of lawyers. Any other things we haven't yet covered? Not for me. Graham, nope, you I think we covered everything. Uh, then the final point would be, Graham, uh, how are the hot wings? How did it all work out for you? You doing okay? <laughs> it was a lot worse once we stopped the camera rolling that we should have kept filming because Ryan and I were struggling. Do you remember the Thai curry in Brooklyn? Yes. Yeah. Ryan, that, Ryan was pretty close to that level of <laughs> struggling not long after the camera stopped rolling. He went looking for a pint of milk and I'm not sure he got one. There's there's a, a, a specific Ryan Bailey energy of I'm happy to be on camera, but also I'm annoyed I'm on camera. And there was a little <laughs> bit of exactly that near the end of that Nando's wing uh, video. <laughs> That's because I forced him into it. I just kept on <laughs> chanting wing roulette at him until he relented and we, we did it. That a boy, Graham. Peer pressure. Uh, may, maybe you can be a Man City lawyer with that level of influence. You never know. But Graham Ruffin, thank you for taking the time to talk about all these big things with me today. The biggest of things. Thank you, Taylor Rotwell. The biggest of things. Joe Lowry, thank you as well, my friend. Yeah, right back at you, Taylor. Listeners, thank you for listening. Don't exploit financial fair play loopholes, or if you do, don't email about it in uh, very obvious ways. That is my closing advice to you. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.